1: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 474 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, on this fine Wednesday morning here, deep in the heart of Austin, Texas, where we're under a shelter in something, what's it called? Shel- shelter in place. Order from the President of the United States of America. And we are bucking his uh, desires and coming in to bring you FRL from the studio, we have paperwork, don't we? We're going to have, we're literally going to have documentation that says we are allowed to do this show. <laughs> there will be a legal document that says officers, uh, it's like, it's basically diplomatic immunity. This is fine. Yes. So we'll be able to do it. Uh, that'll be great. Stephen Kalbracki's here. Ben Askren's still, um, jammed up in the bunker in, uh, yep. Manitowoc County. How you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty well this morning. Um. Got a lot of work done outside yesterday after the technical difficulties of which yesterday I had met, not just a show, I had, I had many. Um, and then I was kind of blown away that the Fed decided to print $6 trillion. That's what I've always said. When people don't have money, if you just print
1: more, then you would have more. It's just simple dollars and cents, Ben. And a lot of people don't get it, but um, the Fed gets it, which is great.
2: I, I wish I was an economist so I could actually give you guys a real-time view on it. I just know that... I, I read uh, Ron Paul a lot, and it was uh, inflation is a tax and the Fed. So our money, whatever money we have right now, is going to be worth significantly less. That's the only thing I know. Well, great, great news to
1: start off this Wednesday show. Uh, we'll call him Sunshine Ben Astron. Just <laughs> in the midst of a global pandemic, don't worry. There's economic troubles coming too. Thanks, Ben. So yeah. uh, a lot, a lot to discuss. Tiger King is taking over, Ben. I don't know if you've started it or not yet. But we I'm have not. like 15, uh, we have a bunch of questions from friends, most of them Tiger King related. So you're just going to be out of the loop on this joke until you just sit down and watch and stop chopping so much dang wood all the time. Every time I call him, sorry, I was chainsawing wood. I was splitting wood. What did you do this weekend? Oh, I split wood. How much As, wood uh, could you have have to burn, Ben?
2: You guys don't even know. It's so much. I That's literally what I do every single day. <laughs> dang on it. Why? You're not Are lumberjack. Are you a lumberjack? <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck in my, I, my businesses aren't open. I podcast for like an hour. I do six podcasts a week, which seems like a lot, but then what do you do with the rest of your day? You're stuck at home. <laughs> so maybe
1: we'll chop down some wood and then light it on fire soon after.
2: Y- yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, watch
1: the Tiger King. Bracky, have you got to look at Bracky's uh, behind the numbers article?
2: I just read it this morning when it was in the dock. It's uh, it's pretty extensive. It's
1: extensive. It's it's some of uh, Bracky's most extensive work. <laughs> uh, Bracky, give us some of the more interesting little nuggets. It's on the homepage right now. It's a picture of David Taylor after he vanquished Baksad Abdurakmanov.
0: Yeah, so I just wanted to look at, I know Spade just did the behind the numbers of this year's non-existent Boy championships, but I wanted to look at the last 10 or so. Um, and I looked at individual champions, finalists, All-Americans, qualifiers, team finishes, um, and just kind of get a sense of, obviously, we know Penn State dominated the decade, but just um, who the top programs were, and, and maybe some surprising stuff. Uh, so I guess the first thing, right off the, the bat, jumps out, is the fact that Penn State had more than double the individual national champions than the second most. So they had 23, and Cornell only had 10.
1: That was second place. Right.
0: Jeez. Um, and it, I guess it's kind of surprising that Cornell's second, too.
1: I suppose so, but when you figure they had they had yeah. Dake in that window in like so Dake did he count as like three of those?
2: Yeah. Or yeah. So, so,
1: yeah, so each individual like, correct. Worked, right. right. Yeah. So like Yanni would count as two. Right. So yeah. there's five right there. They had Symaz, Bozak in that window. As well. Oh yeah, Nishon. Gabe Dean. There you go.
0: Yeah. They they had some hammers. Um Iowa maybe a little surprising too with only six. Uh, they did put yeah. a, a good number of guys in the finals. They had 14, so eight losses in the finals. Penn State had the most runners up. It's kind of crazy uh, when you add up their um, champs and finalists. They had 36 wrestlers over the last nine championships made uh, the NCAA finals. The second the team with the second most was Ohio State with only 16. So 36 to Jeez. 16. And um, so over the Past ten NCAA championships, so including this year, Penn State had eighty-seven qualifiers. But since the tournament never happened, you take out the seven they had this year, and that gives you eighty. So forty-five percent of the wrestlers that Penn State had qualified for NCAA has made the finals.
1: That is wild.
2: That is wild.
1: Forty-five percent of their starters made the finals if they qualified for the tournament.
2: Um,
0: and then probably the the they are they led. Um, well, three teams finished in the top ten. All nine years that there were tournaments, Cornell, Iowa, Penn State. Um, no team uh, had a team trophy every single year, though. Iowa finished fifth once, and Penn State was sixth once. Uh, Penn State led in All-Americans. But then I think maybe the most shocking. This is wild. Uh, who do you think – or, Ben, you looked at it. Never mind. I was going to quiz you. Who do you think had the most
1: qualifiers? Uh, were you surprised to see – Missouri's number
2: three. Missouri's
1: yeah. number three. I can't wait to get to the 2012 list of qualifiers here for Missouri.
2: Listen, Piles, I tried to antagonize me this morning. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would have guessed Oklahoma State. Maybe I I would have. They're usually pretty good. I mean, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Missouri, Penn State, Ohio State, that's probably who you would have thought it was. How How about this? They only had over
0: 10 NCAA championships. They only had five starters not qualify.
2: That's pretty impressive. That's they went, insane. damn.
0: Yeah,
1: they went. Uh, they dang it! I had it up here somewhere. Oh, I'll it was like it. ten, nine, nine, ten, ten, ten. Yeah, nine, 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 or something like that.
0: They over the past decade, they've never not qualified less, less than nine. It's insane.
1: Yeah, that's that's insane. Very good job, John Smith. Getting guys to the tournament. Okay. Now we, we've been putting out some polls. I are we gonna? I'm worried, Kyle. I don't want to take away, I don't want to remove democracy from our process. However, Uh-oh. some of the voting results have me really worried about, can we trust Twitter <laughs> go. to decide to carry the weight of a, yeah, seat, oh, of a vote? You, you can't,
2: Christian. Did you see what happened last weekend? What happened last weekend? Richard Immel ran a, a, a tournament. Did you see that? Oh, you made the finals, I saw. Well, listen, someone tagged me, so I just simply retweeted the thing. Uh-huh. And people are accusing me of, like, using my social media way to win matches. It's like, listen, bro, someone tagged me in something. I just gave him a nice, simple retweet. And I, I was able to beat uh, Jaden Cox, Kyle Snyder, David Taylor, <laughs> I think, and and maybe Spencer Lee or somebody to make the finals against Kale.
1: Listen, a lot of people talk uh, about, like, the run Burroughs
2: had in 2011, how good that was. That's the You ran the real gauntlet right damn there. Damn straight. I'm going to find this tournament for you guys. But so when you put it on social media, I mean, come on. We know we know the kind of people that lurk on social media.
1: Well, what's interesting is they did pretty good yesterday with the 125. Yeah. But they lost their mind at 133 in some of these.
2: Um, uh, let's see. Okay, I found a tournament for you guys. Uh, I wish I could screen share right now. So here, here's my – you ready for my run? Yeah, let's get it. I beat, I beat Mike Caruso first round. Then I beat Logan Steber, Spencer Lee, <laughs> Kyle Snyder, and Jaden Cox. And I, and I lost to Kale, unfortunately.
1: That is, honestly, that puts, uh, for you to beat all those guys and them still to, like, once they get to Kale, they're like, no, sorry, that's too much for me. <laughs> I, it's like, Snyder, I, sure. Jaden, of course. It's Logan Steber, four-time shape. Dake, yeah, no problem. Hold well, on. Kale? I, that's where I they think, draw the line.
2: I, I think what happened was people got more and more annoyed. And, like, I see, even saw in my final, like, David Taylor re- quote tweeted, said, why is this even a question? This is dumb. People need to vote for a kale. Like, I think people got annoyed that I had beat all these other people just because I retweeted it. That's How great. close was the kale vote? Not, not
1: very close. Oh. Man. Well, still, yeah. heck, in this situation, second place is not too bad. I, I
0: saw it. that bracket, and um, the, it was a Greg Jones-Isaiah Martinez matchup first round, and people voted for Isaiah Martinez.
1: Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Greg Jones. Yeah, I mean, they, don't, they don't know who Greg Jones is. They They're not know. educated. These people don't know. And they don't know. On, so, so let's <laughs> – Kyle, get us caught up on the polls. Do we need to do 125 semis first? Because those happened yesterday as well, right? Yeah. Wh- which one
0: do you want to do first?
1: Um. Well, let's let's continue moving on 125. Then okay. we'll get into 133. Right? Yeah, let me pull up those results. I might not have to yell. So our, our semis at, at 125 were Matt McDonough versus Anthony Robles and Spencer Lee versus Jesse Delgado. Um, g- give us the details from what the fans said.
0: Yeah, so your one seed was Spencer Lee. He was taking on the four seed Jesse Delgado. Uh, the fans said Spencer Lee, eighty nine percent. Ooh, I figured Spencer Lee would win. I did not expect it to be that big of a margin because Prime Jesse Delgado could probably pose him some problems. Yeah, um, and I, then
1: I
2: really wonder how that match would go. Well, Part of uh, my- when I when I was thinking about it, the only thing I could think about is. Um, you know, pitching. In, he kind of moved and stayed away from Spencer Lee. That one match that he beat him, mm-hmm. and no one had, that weight class has moved as well as Jesse Delgado. Jesse Delgado had great movement. So if he could kind of avoid Spencer for a time period, maybe he could take, tire him out and, and then do some quick attacks later in the match, possibly. Maybe so. What
1: what Delgado didn't really have was like a an elite turn, as far as I can mm-hmm. remember. He was just so good from neutral. He could get to his single really consistently. He's a great finisher out the back door, and, of course, everyone knows his leg passes were um, out, yeah. out of control. Really good scrambler. But I, I just feel like in one of those scrambles, Spencer would just go like freak mode and hold him on his back and pin him or something like that. So I, but, but really, that Pichini is probably the closest example of someone who kind of mirrored Delgado's style. But certainly I think we would say Delgado had a, one, different style, but two, was a better version that Nick Piccinini was, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Jesse was a two-time champion. And then, of course, shoulder injuries and injuries is one thing you see. Guys that are career 25-pounders, by that fourth or fifth year, they're (laughs) different. Look, McDonough, Delgado, Nickerson, Escobedo. That's just off the top of the head. And those are all national champions. It's all well, shoulder, too, right? A lot of it's shoulder. What's the deal with cutting weight and having your shoulder hurt? It sounds like you maybe shouldn't. I don't know. I've been doing some uh, doing some research.
2: <laughs> Seriously, though.
1: Um,
0: and then on the other side, it was your two-seat Anthony Robles, your three-seat Matt McDonough. Um, I'm glad this one didn't go. I was afraid this one would go the wrong way, but Robles, 65%. Because uh, we literally saw that final. I know these are different year
1: versions of the guys, but. I think we know. Yeah. And also, yeah, yeah, your fears were confirmed at the 133 poll where we literally had the NCAA final and they still, you guys messed this up. All right, but first, before we advance, (laughs) um, Spencer Lee or Jesse Delgado, are we all saying uh, Spencer Lee in a uniform fashion? Yes. Correct. Okay, and Anthony Robles over Matt McDonough? Correct. Got it. Okay, so that is the final. It will be Spencer Lee versus (laughs) Anthony Robles. And this will be a fun one. I'm not going to tip my hand on, on where which way I'm leaning
0: here. Someone, someone said this on Twitter, and it got me thinking. Um, someone said that Robles might be the best 125 pounder ever. He might be. If the winner is the winner of this, the best 125 pounder of all time. Oh my uh,
2: gosh! No, I'd like to throw. I'd like to throw Stephen Abbott in the bracket for sure. Let me think. Who? Uh, I wish we had. Do we have a list of 125 pound champs is there anywhere? I can look that up real fast. I don't think you're gonna be able to top Abbas
1: beyond this list of the the top ten, right? Yeah, uh, that would be my thought at least. Okay, so now we have our final set. Kyle will make that poll after the show, mm-hmm. and then we will then we will duke it out: Robles versus Spencer Lee. Which thank you is, guys for voting too. These polls have been getting really good numbers. Yeah, great oh, numbers. You. Better better turnout than. No, I'm not even gonna make fun of anyone. <laughs> I'll make fun of Mike Bloomberg. Why not? That was funny. Yeah, he spent he spent half a billion dollars and only got like he got the one representative from the lost city of Atlantis or something.
2: He could have just given everyone a million dollars, Christian.
1: <laughs> That's the math. Okay, Ben, you are an economist after all. All right. So let's get to 133 pounds uh, where we're debating. If you don't know, we're trying to figure out the best. Uh, of each decade for every weight for NCAA wrestling. So 125 is down. We have it down to the finals. Spencer Lee versus Anthony Robles. I think we all saw it matriculate in that direction, and now we're going to have the, the head-to-head match that will never happen, but it will happen here on FRL. So now we go to 133, where <laughs> we're starting with the quarters. It's an eight-man bracket, and we whittle it down to there's only one. So give us the this quarters. This one,
0: I think we can all agree, is not as cut and dry. No. As 125. Definitely Pro- not. Probably going to be a lot more contentious. Um, and uh, Tony Ramos was not happy with the seeding that was done in this bracket. T-
1: t- okay, hey, Tony Ramos. I- go ahead.
2: Well, can I ask you guys a question? Because I-, I was obviously intermittently on and off yesterday and listening to you guys. Did you guys explain to everyone yesterday that you know we only picked one year of each person? So, for example, we had to choose between 2013 Jordan Oliver and 2011 Jordan Oliver, right? Or whatever years it was.
0: No, I don't think we did because we didn't have anybody um, that was like two weights in uh, yesterday's bracket. So, good job, Ben. Yeah.
2: yeah. So that that was a, that's an important distinction to make is that we we only chose one version of somebody because in some ways it'd be dumb because you can't have like Zayn twenty sixteen, Zayn twenty seventeen, Zayn twenty eighteen. I mean, that would just be absurd, right? Yes,
1: it would be absurd. Yeah. So.
2: And, and I think we tried to choose
0: the way we thought this person was the best version of themselves at, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, I tried picking Jordan Oliver at 149, CP overruled me and picked Jordan Oliver at 133, which I thought, I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, I think if you go back and look at J.O.'s level of dominance at 133, I think it maps to that. And also, I think it makes 133 a heck of a lot more fun. And two, because 149 is just going to become a Zane Rutherford versus Brent McAff. Argument discussion. <laughs> that's what it. That's what it is. So let's. I mean, Jordan would make that interesting, but you know he's been he's been able to he's struggled with both those guys in freestyle, and I it would those guys were better at folk style. They had better folk style careers at forty nine than, than he did, even though he was an undefeated champ. Um, I don't know. We had to put him at one year. I thought he was better at thirty three, that two thousand eleven, and really the twenty twelve year. He was incredible. He, he was just really good, yeah. but Logan just got him in the final. Which we can get to that and probably will get to that at some point. Although, and so people are asking where Logan was. Logan's at 41. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We could have put, Logan was not his best version. Uh, he was really good at 33, but I don't think he had an undefeated season at 133.
2: I, I don't think so. He didn't
0: his freshman year. He,
1: and his sophomore year, he had a Dardanes loss. I'm pretty sure. Yes. He definitely lost to Dardanes at some point, and I don't think it was his freshman year.
2: So. Yeah. And he had. Hey. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, Ramos beat Oliver in a duel in 2012, correct? Yes. Yes, because uh, Ramos was on Twitter trying to say that he, he beat uh beat Oliver, but I thought that was the wrong year. Well, he did, yes. Yeah, it was the wrong year. And then they all
1: entered the same tournament, and uh, t- Tony did not win that tournament.
2: Um, it
1: was, <laughs> he lost to the guy. Uh, he lost to Logan. Who it, won it. Who won it. Who but won still, that year. Yeah. But still, he didn't, you know. Uh, it's not like he outplaced Jordan. So I mean, mm-hmm. and
0: uh, 2014, the year Tony won, he had two losses. He had a shop loss
1: in there, right? And a Cologne loss. Yes. That's right. Yeah, the yep. Midlands final. So Tony Ramos' best year was probably the, the 2012-13 season. Honestly, his sophomore and junior years, I think he was better than he was his senior year. But he was able to able to win his year. I don't even. know. I can see his argument for being over Soriano, though. I t- I see that too, because Soriano he had a he had a Micic loss he had and a DeSanto a, loss and uh fix loss. Yep. Okay, so maybe we could flip those and then we could have uh Soriano Jason Ness. I don't care. <laughs> and Oliver Ramos first round. <laughs> All these matchups are fire. 33 is sick. Uh, I'm glad JO's in here. Was J- JO 20 levels undefeated, correct or no? Yes, undefeated. Okay. He pinned a lot of dudes too. Yes. Highly dominant. All
0: right, let's get to the poll results because the first one um uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Ben. So w- your number one seed, 2010 version of Jason Ness uh, against the 2014 number eight seed, Tony Ramos. And Twitter says 56% in favor of Tony Ramos.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Well, it's okay, – but it's, okay, it's not uh, – for all – I'm going to defend Twitter. Usually I don't. I go, I'll go ham on him. It's not that outrageous. If you remember, Jason Ness was losing to Daniel Dennis with just a couple seconds left in the NCAA finals in 2010. So it's going to be competitive. Oh, I for think sure. Jason, I think Jason Ness is going to win, but it's going to be really, really close. So I can't, you know, it's not like it's going to be a blowout. So I can forgive some Iowa fans for being homers on this one.
1: I can too. I think it's, I think it is a super compelling, tough first round matchup. I think, I think Ness would, could potentially ride Ramos. Ramos figured out the bottom with Logan Steber, it took him a little bit, but he eventually like got to where he was able to somewhat consistently get away from him. Um but Ness was really good on top with a half and mm-hmm. very good defensively, he had a great offense. He could um put he put a lot of guys on their back from neutral. I I think I think he matches up well. And I think I think it's a close win, but I can't go I mean Jason Ness undefeated Hodge, Hodge trophy winner he beat Daniel Dennis he beat um he had beaten Gomez he had a lot of really good wins he beat Jordan Oliver that year yep. Jordan Oliver was coming on I mean he he really ran a gauntlet 33 was really really tough in 2010 and yeah. he won it undefeated I, was- so
2: I I can't say Ramos over him that was the year where he had the crazy overtime match. Was it overtime against Oliver and the semis? We just talked about it, right? Yes. Went to yeah. tiebreakers. Tie yeah, I think tiebreakers. Whoo! Maybe Ramos is gonna upset him.
1: <laughs> I I uh, I can't get there. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, he he could beat some quite a few of these guys on here. Tony could, but I'm not giving him the nod over the one seed, Jason Ness. Undefeated Hodge. So my vote is Jason Ness over Tony Ramos. All due respect.
2: Go ahead, Ben. Ne- Ness.
1: Okay. I thought we were going to need a tie break on that one. So I'm Ness, too. We, we outruled Twitter. Uh, 2013 Ramos? You never know. But he didn't make this one because he didn't win that year. All right.
0: Next up. All right. Next up, your two-seed Jordan Oliver, 2011 version, against the 2019 version, number seven seed, Nikki Rutgers. Nikki Ruckers. Nikki, Nikki Folkstyle, Nikki Freestyle, Nikki
1: push ups, Nikki pull ups. Nikki Pageviews. <laughs> Nikki Pageviews. Okay.
2: I, I I think this is a really tough matchup for Seriano. I think I thought Nikki all decade was gonna go ham on this poll. I think. it no, was Instagram maybe.
1: Yeah, on the gram <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's weird cuz on some of them maybe we'll find the only ones that have like kind of weird results involve Iowa wrestlers and then that'll then it'll make sense. But like this one they went strong for JO over Soriano and yeah. I agree. I think 2011 Jordan Oliver as great as defense that Nick Soriano had Oliver just had so many ways to score. He wouldn't have been able to play that the the game he try, he plays against Dayton Fix where just real controlled D- yeah, low off. Jordan Oliver would have taken him down probably multiple times. So I you actually, think so yes, multiple.
2: Two t- two would be multiple. Well, but when is the last time Nikki pushups got taken down multiple times in a, in a folk style match?
0: Mm, that's a good question. I
2: the, don't think ever. I would submit he's Did DeSanto. N- get him twice in Carver. Yeah, DeSanto. Whoa. Who's better? No, in that neutral. Was, that was stall points, wasn't it?
0: I'm gonna look it up right now. You keep going.
2: Okay. I just feel like the, the um, Serrano <laughs> doesn't take any risks, and he's so hard to take down. I I think
1: Jordan transcends all that. I think, and I don't think he's wrestled anyone. I don't think there's a neutral thirty-three pounder in the same strata as as Jordan Oliver was in two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve for that matter. Uh, as great as thirty-three was, I mean Desanto. It, it's just a different level offensively. Same with Dayton yeah. Fix. I mean, even Mijic was probably the most dynamic neutral offense wrestler in that 33 bracket last year. I still, I mean, you think Jordan Oliver versus Mijic? I don't, I don't think so, man.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like we're in an all-time 133 era. I mean, when you think about like, back at that 149 era we had a few years back, remember that? Mm-hmm. I feel like we're at the same place with 133. When you think of all the guys, you know. Seth Gross, Soriano, Fix, DeSanto. DeSanto's probably never going to win a title, and he's really, really good. Uh, Sebastian Rivera. Who else am I missing? I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, Dayton, maybe. I said I said Dayton. Sorry, I'm watching. I, I, I Mitch.
1: I didn't say Mitch. Yep, he's really good. I think you know Gross was in there.
0: So um, only one takedown from DeSanto, but uh, I think Spencer Lee got him twice in the NCAA finals. Yes.
2: Well, Nicky push-ups was in the and we was Nicky hospital at that point. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh,
1: Nikki knee infection. Okay, so I, I stand by what I said. If anyone thinks Nick around would not get taken down multiple times, I don't think that's crazy. But I just remember watching Jordan Oliver and the things that he did, and I just think he would. I think it would happen. That whole match is going to be neutral. Okay, n- neither of them are right. Yeah. Unless... There is a chance Jordan would ride him. Jordan was unreal on top too, super, super good. He had a lot of turns. He could tilt. He would chop. He could cradle. He was really good. Wow. I kind of, I'm uh, maybe may showing my hand here uh, a little bit. No.
2: For this Nomad just posted on Twitter: Jordan Oliver's combined 2011 and 12, 57 and two, 29 pins, nine tax, 12 majors. Yes. Dominant. Dominant. Boom. Where's Nomad? No
1: one knows. He has not been in the chat either. He's been off the grid. What? I think he thinks the coronavirus will get is like could come in through the internet tubes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> come on.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Legit? He's been the most off the grid. I, I can remember him being, except when he goes to you know his random trips to Kansas. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All so. right.
0: So we're all in agreement with Jordan Oliver. So we got Jo yeah.
2: over
1: over. Nikki Suriano. Yep.
0: All right. Let's move um, to the, your three seed.
1: This is why I'm about to get rid of y'all's Twitter access. Well, let's let's do the other oh, okay. one first. Okay, got it.
0: Your three seed uh, 2016 version of Sean Garrett um, against your six seed 2018 version of Seth Gross uh, when he won his national title at South Dakota State. Twitter says 56% in favor of Nashawn Garrett. This is the
1: hardest one for me. Yes. This I, is I, super, I super tough. And I really... Part of me thinks Nishan would just get a couple too many takedowns on him. And we, we know Seth can give up some takedowns. But the other and then I flip on the other side. I'm like, well, Seth Gross is really good on his feet too. And Nishan has some defensive uh, liabilities with his head hands. Yeah. He lets guys in. And when you, if you let Seth Gross in, he finishes a lot. And he would get outscrambled by Seth Gross, even on those finishes. I remember Jesse Delgado, when yep. he when Jesse could get – uh, Nishan to the drape, he was able to finish, right?
2: Yeah.
1: So I go back and forth and back and forth on it and I don't know how the mat would factor in here. I don't know if Seth would be able to ride him or not. I can't figure Ooh. that out.
2: I, I, I don't I feel, know. I feel like 2018 Seth rides him. 2018 Seth was just so good on top. I. So I've been...
1: My initial... My gut, like, boom. I was like, Nishan. And then as I, I thought about it a little more and I thought about... That version of Seth Gross, not the one I saw this year, the version that was just unbelievable, the, that dominated Stefan Michich in the All Star and beat him again as great as Stefan was, uh, I I think he gets him. I think that yeah. Seth Gross beats Nishan Garrett.
2: Mm. I, that's Man, it's I'm tough. Too. This that's is, is the toughest is. one
1: so far, by far for me.
2: I'm picking 2018 Seth Gross also.
1: Wow. Oof. So okay, so Bracky can make us—he can make it a tie, two for Nishon, two for Gross, and then so, we need Nomad. And then what the heck do we do then? We need Nomad at that point. Um, this is
2: kind of this is kind of great because you guys are gonna leave us in a cliffhanger. We don't know who's gonna be the deciding vote because Nomad didn't show up, and so tomorrow we'll find out. These two had at least one
0: crazy freestyle match at the U.S. Open. Um, yeah.
1: Nishan typically wins in freestyle. Yeah,
0: because he gets fours. He does. He takes it. Seth to his back from, from the doubles. Now, obviously, that doesn't matter in folk style. Um, I just – I think – I'm going to take Nishan. So, we're two
1: off. <laughs> all right, we need Nomad. All right, Tell him to tweet us. Tweet us tweet, your vote. gone it. Tweet, tweet the winner, Nomad. <laughs> Hurry up. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get mad either way. All right. <laughs> Um, so while we wait on that, do you want to start the one that Oh he's typing. He said I'm in. Okay. Uh, uh
0: versus what what year? Two thousand sixteen Nishon when he won in NYC against two thousand eighteen Seth Gross. Yeah. This was the Nishon, the deck returning national champ, Cody Brewer in thirty seconds. Yeah, he did. In the semis. That happened.
2: Yeah, but Cody Brewer did crazy stuff all the time. Like he could be fantastic or terrible. You don't you never knew. All right, we have a, we have a winner. Okay, I think I know who he's. The
1: Nomad say. has weighed in, and he takes and advancing to the championship semifinal match from South Dakota State University. Seth Gross. I knew it. Whoa! He said folk <laughs> style equals gross, and um, I think that's fair. I think that version uh, of Seth. I think it would be such a crazy match. It would be. It was crazy in freestyle. It would be crazy in folk style too. Um, Man, 33 is so good. I love this bracket. All these guys are, like, so fun to watch. Okay, yeah. next one.
0: All right, this is the one that makes no sense whatsoever. Daggone going in? Uh, twenty fifteen, number 4 seed Cody Brewer of Oklahoma versus twenty seventeen, 17 number 5 seed Corey Clark of Iowa. These two wrestled in the NCAA Finals. And yet Twitter says 59% in favor of Corey Clark.
1: He pieced this man up. And this is also it Corey ha- Clark. Iowa with fans.
0: one with one arm.
1: Iowa fans. This was on na- this was nationally televised. Okay? It was on ESPN. How did you miss this match? Cody Brewer pieced up Corey Clark. It happened. I'm sorry. I know you don't like it, but it happened. And Cody Brewer was absolutely on fire. And probably would have made the Olympic team if they were held that weekend in freaking St. Louis. That's how good Cody Brewer was. I think he would have taken out Sagileyev, okay? <laughs> the guy was winning everything. No, one, Dardanes was like the one seed or whatever. He like majored him. He would not stop taking him down and putting him to his back. He yeah. was like drilling on the one. It was unbelievable run. Maybe Bracky, we'll get into that at, like in a couple of days, but...
2: I just want to pull it up. Oh, that that it. was unbelievable. I mean, no no one saw that one coming. Nobody. It was so wild. I mean, we so all wild. knew
0: it was a ridiculous 13 seed. Remember, we were under- all mad about under- that. Yeah, yeah we right? were kind wasn't of mad. Was he
2: like
1: 12 so, and 0 or something?
0: So first round, he pins. No, he
1: lost to Earl Hall that year. Actually, you know what? Uh, I stood by the 13. You did. There were other people it, mad. It was it, it was actually the right seed. He had barely wrestled all year. He had lost to Earl Hall, who was seeded what? He was the the sixth seed. He had. His wins at that point were very pedestrian, and then he was on fire.
0: All right, so first round, Dom Malone fall. Second round, Johnny DeJulius, who Who has beat him, pinned him, I think. He
1: pinned him, and then uh, he pinned him in Vegas. But I think he also he may have had another win over Brewer.
0: So then he he majors him nine to one. Then he has George D Camillo, who the next year was an NCAA finalist, or yeah, at some point line was an NCAA finalist. Uh, He majors him fourteen to five. And then the one
1: scene Chris Darnanes he beats 15-3. to
0: 15-3. All right.
1: bloodbath. Okay, and then how close was the Corey Clark final?
0: It was 11-8, but if you look at Clark's points, they're like all escapes.
1: He had, yeah, it was one of those yeah. matches where you're like, folk style scoring makes no sense. How, I guess he, did he get one takedown at some point? He might have. Or, or maybe stalls or something. He might have got a reversal or something. A reversal is what made Gwiz Kuhn really close. When it, yeah. like, shouldn't have been close? Uh, okay. Alright, got it. So, so I've got Cody Brewer because the match happened and he won. Same. Same. Okay. Also, like I said, this
0: is the one armed version of Corey Clark. Do you remember that? He literally had no shoulder. His thumb and wrist were all messed up. It was insane that he even... One
1: And it's really, what is interesting is that he beat Seth Gross in the NCAA Finals right. that year, who, a year later, we're saying beats Nishan Garrett, and we may say Nishan makes, or Seth goes even further here. So it's 4-1 one after 1. I guess he gets- And
0: Nishan beat Clark in the Finals, too, one year.
2: Good point. Yes. Man. 33 is really, really competitive. Alright. Yeah, I mean, 33 is crazy because, I mean, honestly, like I said, Ramos over Ness isn't all that crazy from, no. the, from the eighth seed. No, not at all. Yeah, I think
1: I think Ramos had a couple cracks at Ness. I think for sure he would
2: get him. But hey, uh, it's it's stumping me here. What is uh what's Jo's other loss? Because Nomad put fifty seven and two. Obviously, you have the Stever finals. Ramos is the Ramos at at Carver Hawkeye. That's the other one. Yeah.
1: Okay, got it. He loses to national champs sometimes. Mostly not though. Hmm. Okay. Did he get riding time?
0: I don't know. Corey Clark has five takedowns, though. Or Cody still, Brewer. or yeah, Cody in the Brewer. second period. Oh.
1: Cody
2: Brewer had five takedowns. So in two go. periods, damn, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, in Cody, two periods. What if Cody Brewer goes on a run in this tournament? He might. <laughs> His version
0: of Cody Brewer was a crazy person. <laughs> and now that Nashon's out,
1: yeah, and that was yeah. the thing. Matchups matter. Nashon, I would have to have taken if Nashon had advanced, I would have taken him over over Brewer. See. He yeah.
0: beat him in the Vegas final, too.
2: It happened. Yeah, That was a crazy match. That,
0: that was insane. That was
2: so fun.
1: Okay,
0: 41. Did we do 41? Didn't do 41. Didn't
2: do 41. He'll do
1: 41 today.
0: 41 quarters will go out today. We got a lot of polls going out today. So many polls. 41 quarters. Should we do caucuses? 25 finals, 33 semis.
1: <laughs> All right. All right, Ben got my caucus joke. All right.
0: He's not a big caucus guy. Yeah, not a
1: big, we're not from Iowa. See, that's the thing. Maybe that's the problem with these polls. You know, we need to have. If we had caucuses, then Iowa would, would do a little better job because they're used to the caucus format, not regular polls.
2: Well, this year they blew it. They didn't have the results for like two weeks.
1: Well, it's hard. Okay, now, 2012 NCAA tournament was, I don't know if you even got to listen yesterday, Ben. Uh, during the show, was there anything you wanted to yell at us about during our 2011 well, recollections?
2: It was very on and off because I would I would keep trying to log on to VMix to see if that could work. So then I had to have the other one on mute, so I, I didn't get to listen to a whole lot of it. Copy that. Okay. Yeah. When I was, I was, I was messaging you guys. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> the Bubba Jenkins thing. That was great. Oh yeah, oh,
1: you got all right. So you funny. have got. I need like at least two. Co- I coached Bubba Jenkins stories, and this is some of the ridiculous stuff he <laughs> did.
2: Well, I, I was just laughing because I remember when those – I literally remember when those videos were coming out, and everyone was like, oh, God, please stop putting these videos out. I, I mean, cause this is – got to remember, this is 2011. It's not like Flo's putting out content all the time. So Bubba Jenkins stuff is getting like a ton of attention. Oh, yeah. It was all over the board. Mm-hmm. All, right, all right. So give us some – we all saw the videos. We know they were great, and you know you deep down love them. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought they were hilarious. But it was one <laughs> of those things. It's just like when you're coaching. Say, I coach five through nine year old kids, right? Which I do because my daughters in that class at our academy. It's like you really think they're cute and they're hilarious. But the fact that you got to coach them and do something with them and make them is like it makes them really stressful because yes. you're like. They want to just dink around and you want them to do something. And so those things are like doing this. So when you're the coach, you want to just like sit back and ha, ha, ha. This drunk kid is really, really funny. But at the same time, the AD is like, oh, my God, Bubba Jenkins is embarrassing Arizona State. So you got to have like, which one do you want to do? Yeah. Okay. so
1: I need some funny Bubba Jenkins coaching stories. There's got to be some. Um, I mean, this dude lost to like an NAIA guy that year. Yeah, I remember that.
2: Uh, it was just yeah, he just was you know he was enjoying himself. He was uh he would practice when it was necessary, but you know he wasn't all he wasn't. <laughs> so he wasn't,
0: what, it was it was when, uh,
2: it was optional for when, him. When was practice unnecessary to Bubba? I I mean, like working hard at practice. Got it. it very, so attendance was great. Oh, it was a, it was yeah. an effort situation. There's an effort situation. I don't want to throw the man under the bus. But yeah, there's there's a few issues there. Okay, so no funny stories. I, I just talked to Bubba a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. What's he doing now? Is he still fighting? He, yeah, he's still fighting. He, he's the champion in some organization over in the Middle East, I believe. And he was just uh, we were just rapping about him making some content and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was nice to talk to him after all these years. <clears throat> the Bubba J
1: Squad, yes. Um... Did you did you get the sense that it was like super personal
2: with him and the Penn State thing? Did he like talk about that ever? Uh, I, I, I think yes. I don't I can't remember anything. This way I don't want to say anything specifically because there's nothing that like really clicks in my head. But I I'm pretty sure yeah. You know he kind of held it against Kaylee. Felt like he was unfairly treated, um, and he felt like that they wanted to get him out of the way so that, that cleared the path for David. Obviously.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, well, it kind of played out that way, but ultimately, yeah. Okay, let's get into 2012 then. Let's do it. So starting at this, just at the top, Penn State ran away with this one. It's maybe their most lopsided differential. I don't know. We'll go through it. But they had 143 points. Minnesota second with 117 and a half. So 26-ish points. 25 and a half point differential there. Iowa third, 107 and a half. Cornell 4th, 102.5 with three champs. So, yeah. at 125, the, a couple interesting things here. One, the 10 seed, this young buck from Franklin Regional High School, Pennsylvania, Nico Megalutis, makes a run out of the 10 to the finals. Uh, the, the He beats Sanders in the quarter, 7-4, to four, and then Pirelli. I don't know if you remember. Anyone remembers this semifinal against Frank Pirelli? It was crazy. It was one. I, I, I don't remember. I remember feeling like, man, Pirelli kind of should have won that match. He just didn't. He didn't do the things necessary to win it. But you kind of left with the impression like Pirelli might have been the better guy here. But I, it was in tiebreakers and out. Pirelli was on Megalutus's legs so much of that match, and just could never, ever, ever get the finish. And that mm. was. Really, one of the big things for Nico throughout his career was how tough he was to take down. But that was a crazy semifinal. I don't know if you guys have any memories of that.
2: Yeah. I, I don't really remember the semifinal, but I, I remember the uh, feeling of "Oh my god!" You know, this is kind of going downhill for Penn State. Once Megalutis beat Zach Sanders, which I think I can't remember if they I think they wrestled other times that year, and Zach Sanders won. Yes. I, and I know Megalutis was a gigantic underdog. And when Megalutis pulled it up, it was like, oh my goodness, they're gonna, they're going to run away with this. And then sure enough, they ran away with it.
1: Yeah, they did. And th- those were big points. At, at that point, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a runaway for Penn State. And then you get when you got ten seeds making the finals, and he was a true freshman. Remember, right? Yes. Yep. Did not redshirt. Comes out right away, and. Uh, makes the finals. Rougher news, Alan Waters out of the three, DMP'd. He lost early to Anthony Zanetta. Zanetta of Pitt, who was... He could do this from time to time. He he had some yeah. big wins in his career. Never... I don't think he ever placed... He never quite put it all together at an NCAA tournament, but he was always a tough out, really quick guy, could get to legs consistently. And um, for whatever reason, Waters uh, lost to him in overtime.
2: Yeah, that was, that was... Highly unfortunate, and then Waters lost in the Wrestlebacks to the round of twelve to Jesse Delgado, also highly unfortunate.
1: Delgado, who lost to uh, Bedleyon, and we talked about that semi a little bit. I don't know why we already yeah. talked
2: about that semi, but I, I don't remember did. that semi. I'm blanking on that one.
1: It was crazy, Ben. They the it was so many reviews and all these stoppages, and um, I don't even know if they had the challenge brick at this point. I know no, they didn't, but I don't was, think so. There was all this stuff going back and forth. Uh, it was it was a total mess. They they messed it up bad, but I think Bedleon was the rightful winner. But I could be completely wrong about that. So Bedleon takes out Delgado, which dropped t- the three and the four seed Delgado and Waters into hitting yeah. at, in the round of twelve. So got kind of perfect storm for Waters and Delgado beat him. McDonough really unchallenged in this he goes fall fall 13-3 15-7 and 4-1 over Nico who he had beaten earlier in the year and I think it I think that was a close match as well I think they pretty much only had close matches I wonder if Nico was ever bonused in his career like did he ever get think- pinned or something
2: I don't feel it he was just so hard to score on he was so good defensively I don't feel like he ever got crushed
1: and he was almost like too flexible to get turned too
2: yeah that too <laughs>
1: Kind of weird, but, um, so 125. That that was the main heat there. I don't know if you see anything, uh, Bracky, that sticks out to no, you. I don't think you guys hit it all. Wow, we just nailed it, first first yeah. shot. Uh, Eric Spuda, Virginia Tech, was like really jacked. I remember that. He was from Texas. <laughs> and Johnny DeJulius made 125 pounds. Congrats, J D J. That had to be terrible. terrible. Okay. 133. Oh my gosh. We haven't even got into it yet. We've somehow all of this conversation around thirty-three and twenty-five and crazy what? matchups and Jordan Oliver and Logan Steuber. We haven't gotten into the the match.
2: Well, I, I believe it's because we, uh, you know, we talked about these weight classes because we've had the the two thousand ten through two thousand nineteen uh, brackets that we've been doing. Yes. yes, so a lot of it's coming out.
1: Yeah, they're coming out now. So. In this one, I don't know if we want to just start with the fact that this was the Jordan Oliver Logan Stever controversial NCAA final. But let's back up a little bit and talk about Logan Stever's path. He's got Mason Beckman in round one, pins him. Then uh, Jordan Tome of Army, who I don't this, remember him. He was scrappy. He was he was tough. Um, but it's funny because Jordan. For the first time I've ever noticed this, Jordan asked an FRL question yesterday, and now we're t- uh-huh. now his name comes up today. I've never seen his name. I was like, "Is this?" Because when I saw it, he has like no avatar. It was Jordan <laughs> Tome, and I was like, "Man, that was the Army Thirty Three Pounder back in the day." And I looked it up, and it's like, "Yeah, ex Army wrestler or something like that." I am like, "It's wow. him!" And then, sure enough, here he is getting pinned, regrettably, by uh, Logan Steber. But don't feel bad, Jordan. He did that to almost everyone. Yeah, nothing to be ashamed about there. Then. Logan beats Chris Dardane, 7-4. Dardane's Dardane's had to beat Shop just to get to him. Yeah, Dardane's had a tough draw. And it then brackets. Tony Ramos in the semi 4-2. So, for the 2 seed, this was quite a <laughs> quite a gauntlet he mm-hmm. had to run. Uh and I'm trying to remember some of the details. I think Tony was close in this match. Uh to I think he was close to a takedown or something at some point. It w- it was definitely his uh, one of the, their closest meetings they they had had because previously I think this was the iconic big Ten's picture where yes. tony like tony kind of got worked in the big Ten finals and like he's just kind of like yelling at Logan and Logan's like mouthpieces out and he's just like smiling with his hand out oh someone someone tweet that picture at us and we'll retweet it because it is <laughs> a great picture um it was kind of kind of got like captures both of their person like tony's just a, a tough person Pitbull, Like, not fearless. And Logan kind of was always just kind of go with the flow. Never took it, took himself too seriously or too seriously, even though he was an absolute killer. And it hey, all sets uh, up
2: the final. Okay, we can talk about the final. I didn't realize BJ Fruchell had three falls to get to the semis. Me I don't either. remember that.
1: I have what? no recollection of that whatsoever, including over <laughs> Joe Colon. Yeah. And wow. Nick Soto. Southern scuffle
0: legend. Nick Soto.
1: Hey, I I had no idea. If you told me BJ Futrell made the NCAA semis, I was like, no, he didn't. It's like, that didn't happen. I, I have no recollection. That. Probably because I was like, no one's going to beat Jordan Oliver. So I never, probably when this was happening live, I only watched Steve Ramos. Mm-hmm. And was just like, this is not even going to be a match. So maybe that's why it, I don't remember it. I remember BJ being so good, but I didn't think he ever made the semis. How
0: about J-O? He didn't get out of the first period till the semis
2: no yeah he was good
1: <sighs> so you have to remember going into this match that Jordan was an undefeated NCAA champion the year before um was he on? Un- but was he undefeated going into this as well I no, guess no, no, not, he lost to Ramos match. he lost to Ramos this year but he still got the one Practice
2: because he uh, went over Logan because
1: he beat Logan soundly at, at the national, national
2: it was not a close match. Uh, three takedowns to zero, I think. Yeah.
1: So uh, Bracky's guy. Po- oh man, it's so crazy seeing both these guys so little. They're so skinny looking. That's crazy. Uh, so it was not not close, and it really didn't enter your mind that this was a possibility. It did not. Seven three,
0: and Jo wrote him for two fifty two.
1: And you have to remember yep. the other thing. Jordan Oliver was just. It was just known. Jordan Oliver is huge. He is so so big. The weight cuts hard. So you think Saturday night, Jordan Oliver is going to weigh 165 pounds? Like he's just going to be an yeah. enormous person. This the duel presumably would have been off like an hour away, in which you think would make it harder for Jordan and more possible for Steber to to make it happen. But all of that went out the window in, in this one with Logan getting the the win, and of course it ends with Jordan in on a double leg where they literally had to rewrite the rule book so that that would be a takedown moving forward. So what
2: uh, did you guys call that a takedown or not? Like when here's, you saw it live. Here's where,
1: I, here's where I, I fall on it. If they had to rewrite the rule to make it a takedown, right, they had to change the rule. That means it wasn't necessarily the rule when it happened, Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? So if it was the rule, then they wouldn't have to make a rule change. They wouldn't have to make an amendment to the rule book. So yeah. for that reason, I'm like, well, I guess it's not a takedown. If they said, yeah, we kind of blew it, all right, fine. To me, now is the question, should that always be a takedown in folk style wrestling? Yeah, probably. I yeah. think
0: that's why they made the change. It's like that should be a takedown.
2: Yes, That absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I... I don't disagree with that. So I kind of feel like – by the rule book maybe it wasn't but i feel like it was so like if obviously they're in the kind of that that chest wrap double position but oliver was so low down that i didn't feel like steve had any control of it and if if he was higher up like i said jared frayer chest wrap then i could see the argument it is interesting
1: because um as I as I wrestle with my son on a daily basis now, and it, we wrestle freestyle, and he he'll get me on a double, be sitting there like this is not two, it's two in folk style, not in freestyle, and kind of explain like the position yeah. and why, like in freestyle, this is sort of dangerous, and there's guys that were like like Jared Frey, where they could be sitting on their butt and just like yeah, chest wrap you over, but it's different in in uh, in folk style, and and yeah, the other thing is you know J- Jordan. If you're kind of stuck there, maybe you work up – the thing that always like is burned in my mind is kind of the weirdest part of it is like how quickly they just had them shake hands and get off the mat and it was over. There was no like – I don't even remember like a discussion among the officials and I just remember John Smith kind of like, what's going on here? What's happening? And I just remember there was not a level of consultation I thought would have been appropriate given the magnitude of that moment. That stuck stuck out to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I thought it was. I remember watching live, being like, "That's a takedown." Yeah,
1: and yeah. I bet you could probably find examples of NCAA wrestling that year where it oh, would have yeah. been would have been called too. Yeah, I, I wish in situations like that you would be like, you know what? Let's just go neutral and overtime and 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 do it <laughs> that way. It was a really good match. Logan hit a hit a really sick. Um, did he hit a slide by? I,
2: I or did he, feel no, like it was a slide by. I could be wrong, though. I thought
1: he also hit – oh, he also – I guess he had two takedowns, right?
2: Yeah. Because he
1: had that single leg, and he threw in that far boot.
2: Um, what do they call that? You know what I'm no, talking about? No, he he only had one takedown, I thought. Because then he had to escape, and he chose bottom and hit an escape. Okay. So only
1: one takedown. Oh, well, one of them, he ends up throwing that boot in on the far side. It was a really nice takedown. Um, mm-hmm. I wish we had that on the site. We could pull it up. It was really um, – Really good. Did you just get the details of the national duels match? I did. Uh,
0: a t- two takedowns, a reversal, riding time for Jo. So it was two-two going into the third. Jo had riding time, um, but then he reversed him, kicked him, got a takedown, four, rode him the rest. Six. So it
1: was seven to seven-three-three. Three. So from seven-three to to Logan winning, as uh, Bracky's pulling up that match. But yeah, I the it was. This was one of the more divisive – and I think I think most people did think it should have been a takedown. It yeah. should have been two. But yeah, it was a weird, weird thing. And Jordan got – maybe Jordan had the slide-by takedown. He did. Jordan had really, really good slide-by. Of course, Logan would have like the oh, – Logan and Hunter both had like the over-collar pass-by that was yep. super slick and quick. Uh, they both hit that really consistently. So 133 was super fun that year.
2: It's it's almost hard to remember how much of an underdog Logan Steber was, and you know this is obviously Logan Steber before Logan Steber is what he is. But you know at this point, I, I just felt like most people thought he had no chance against Jo.
1: No chance. I I really didn't. I thought, I thought this is not happening. So yeah, Logan had the single, then he threw the, threw in the the far boot. Man, it takes him forever to finish this single leg too. Yeah. On Jordan Oliver, what a great match. Those guys are. Freaking awesome! In the first
0: period too, Logan was completely like rear standing on Jo and couldn't finish either. And then they wrestled
1: in freestyle a couple years later
2: um, at the open. I remember that match; that was really, really close as well. Oh, really? I thought Jo beat him up a little bit.
1: Someone was on the winning takedown as time expired in this. Really? Yes, it was crazy close. I remember calling the match. Now I can't remember who actually won. I'm. Oh, it's definitely Jo. Jordan won. Yeah, Jordan won. It, it was close. I'll find that one and we'll post it. Okay, that was one thirty-three, one forty-one. Not as not as uh, juicy. You know, we've talked a, a lot about Kellen Russell last year. He was a little more, uh, I won't say dominant, but he didn't have as many close matches this time. Whereas he had back-to-back tiebreaker wins in NCAs yeah. in two thousand eleven. This year, he goes through uh, Nick Huck, Hucky or Huck for.
2: Maybe- hey. Hockey, that's Arrowhead alumni, baby. Oh, yes. Then Luke Vite of Hofstra.
1: Then he beats Nick Gardane 7-3. Hunter Stieber, 5-2. Remember, Hunter beat him that year. Hunter came out as yes. a true freshman and won Vegas over him. Or I think he won Vegas. Yeah, I think he, beat, Vegas, I he believe. beat Mangrum. I know he beat Kellen, but he might have lost to Mangrum that year. I don't know. It's, it's all becoming a little bit of a blur, but everyone remembers him beating <laughs> Kellen Russell. That was crazy. A true freshman. True freshman. Hunter beat Kellen, Marion, uh, Mitchell Port, and I think he beat Mangrum at some point that year. Yeah. He beat him in the quarters for sure. So he loses to Kellen in the semis. Then Kellen beats Marion in a really competitive final that goes to overtime. Marion, I think, got a late takedown, hustled it down, but then gave up the takedown in, in OT to the two time champion, Kellen Russell. Blair Academy product for Michigan now coaches at the University of Michigan. He was
2: really, really good. Uh I got, he, not, I got nothing else.
1: Yeah, it wasn't all you know. That's
2: boring weight class. they they ain't all winners. Kindig
1: Mangrum round one. Kindig Mangrum. This is the second year in a row Kindig was the
2: unseated. Yeah, he he struggled a lot at the beginning of his career. Yeah,
1: it was it was kind of a... Yeah, you know, they talked about the weight a little bit. Like, it was tough for him to make 41. I, I don't know if that was a thing or not, but...
0: Nybert-Soufflon first round?
2: Oh, wow. That's interesting. Soufflon. That's Arrowhead. Then we got two Arrowhead kids in the same bracket. Wow. Oh, baby. Dynasty. So then, hey, Molinaro-Villa Longa
1: round one. Holy cow. Molinaro had Villalonga All-American, Sakaguchi All-American, Grahalis All-American, Justin Acordino in the semis, who by default was an All-American. And then he beat... Uh, Dylan Ness in the final. Molinaro was undefeated this year. He had a really, yeah,
2: really good he season.
1: Remember? He, do you remember what he did in the Big Ten finals this year? No. He teched Dylan Ness.
2: Oh, man. He,
1: he got on top and had like a thousand, like, uh, I don't know if he like figure four and just Yeah, like leg to, in, like, turks yes. him over. Yes, just crunched him over. And I remember like at the end he's like. I'm pretty sure he tacked him. A thousand Minnesota fans are about to scream at me.
2: I'm I'm blown away here that, okay, so two things I remember. Number one, I remember Nick Lester over Donnie Vinson was totally insane. Totally insane. And then, I don't remember Justin Accordino pinning Ian Miller. And I'm having a hard time fathoming that, but that happened. If I'm remembering correctly, these two just, like, threw each other for a while. It was just, like,
1: a back-and-forth crazy Ian Miller match and Justin Acordino. I'm pretty sure, threw him and pinned him or, or pinned him in an exchange. Uh, that was crazy. I do remember oh. that. That was wild. Yeah. I think Miller may have, like, concussed himself in that match. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I think it was crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, on the, one of the wilder things to happen in this bracket, Donnie Vinson and Cam Desari both lose in round one. And they both battle uh, back to make the 3rd 4th place match or maybe i'm
2: thinking is, of Tasari Miller no i think you're right this one Tasari was a true freshman Tesari, you Vince, in
0: 3rd place might be what you're thinking of 12 10 yeah. that match Man. was insane too yes
2: it
1: was but something involved Ian Miller someone Tasari was so good i know he's kind of he's a uh, i mean for him to get 4th as a true freshman cuz he was yeah. he did not have a great season no. he was super up and down and then, man, how he kind of just fell off. But Cam was really, really good. Now, Cam was part of the Monroeville Four. Yep. Monroeville yep. High School, Monroeville, Ohio, which had Logan Steber, four-time champ, Hunter Stieber, four-time champ, Cam Tasari, four-time champ, and this guy, Chris Phillips, mm-hmm. four-time state champ for from Monroeville. He may have been as talented as any of them. From a talent perspective, this dude won Ironman as a – was he a freshman when he won Ironman over Jake, a Roddy uh, at like, Brian,
2: Rod- Brian Roddy? Yep. Yeah,
1: he beat Brian Roddy, who was number one in the country, I'm pretty sure at the time, or something like that. A, like a fourth, or he, I think he was either a junior or a senior. He beat him. He beat him soundly. And, kinda, the, and the difference with him was he was wrestling these upperweights. You know, yes, he he was wrestling yes. men. This was like a seventy-one pounder as a yeah. freshman. Yep, he was he was unbelievable, Chris Phillips. But just I think the difference was like. Logan and Hunter that they just loved it and it was like, and I think for Chris Phillips it was just kind of a thing. He would run track and do other things, and by the time he got to college, he it was, he was a non-factor. From a yeah. guy that looked like you got to get this guy in your team. Is this another Cale Sanderson type? This upper weight that moved so well? He was hitting fireman's carries. He just seemed to have everything. But
2: I, I believe he beat Ed Ruth the following year. Correct? I think Ed beat him.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I think Ed beat him and Lofthouse that year. Ooh,
2: okay.
1: I could be—I could be wrong. I could be completely misremembering. Ed definitely beat Lofthouse at the
2: and at the Ironman. Um, yeah. High, got to pull high school wrestling is not my work. expertise, but so I thought I remember Chris Hills beating Ed Ruth, but I could definitely be wrong. The YouTube version. YouTube it. That's not. That bad. Hey man, the the other thing about this 149 bracket, it's crazy how many guys who are like, ended up being really good, who weren't that, you know, Mario Mason unseated ends up, he ended up All-American. Um, Chris Villalonga, Scott Suguchi, Nick Bruschetta. he ended up All-American at Three some times. point.
1: Three times. Three-time All-American Three. Nick
2: mm-hmm. Uh I believe Nick Lester ended up all Americaning. he was unseated. A lot of, uh, Steve Santos, I believe, All-American, he was unseated. A lot of unseated guys. Who ended up All American? English.
1: Santos was one of my uh, one of my favorites because he was a deep sleeper in fantasy for me one year, <laughs> and he ends up balling out. I think he got third the year I had him. Yeah, he, extremely, extremely high plays. He was excellent that year.
0: This is also one of the years where Cole Van Olen was a 3 seed in place.
2: Oh, he man. got he
1: got regret- in the round of twelve. Oh boy, Jeez. poor poor guy so Phillips Law did lose to Ruth at Iron Man 3-2 okay 3-2 but I that, that, that just shows you kind of where he was what, what this guy I mean you think about him some of the the best high school guys that are like the biggest questions Mar- uh, Felipe
0: Felipe Martinez Felipe
1: Martinez from Graham like that was if you would have said like soft his like junior year sophomore year be like this is a multiple national champion like he had beaten Tony Ramos beat Tony he, Ramo's Iron Man yeah he had beat multiple really really good guys and just Man, it's so crazy looking back, and um, I feel like it happened more then than it's happening now. I feel like the, they're materializing better, but I, that could be just like a recent yeah. thing. But uh, got uh, Felipe, Jamie surprise. Clark, um, yeah, Sam White, uh, who is you know what a Who's thing that Blair kid? Um, Christian one, is to Austin go to Ormsby.
2: The old, uh, yep. who? Austin Ormsby. He went to Oklahoma. State. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, he Those had a. Uh, I, I won't say pass. Um anyway, I was going to say something but I'm not going to say it. Uh Yeah, you going to the old um, Cliff Keen All-American and Teams. It's like crazy. I there I can't remember what year it is, but there's like one out of the top 10 that actually make it in college. It's wild sometimes. Yes,
1: and uh maybe this was just a wild wild time. Okay, no. so that was 49. It was crazy in that it just went I mean, if you look how the seeds map to the placements it was it, – it didn't really happen. Uh, OK. 157. This is one of the Dake ones. He went pin, pin, pin. Four zero over Sanja. 4-1 over St. John. St. John. This was the year St. John um, – serious knee injury I'm pretty sure. Um, is this the year it was all taped up and stuff? I yeah. think so. Well, he had the – I think he got – Yeah. But he, his path was really tough. He had Drake Howdeshell, literally an NCAA champion in round one. <laughs> then he had uh, Roger Pena, not Roger Reyna. Big difference. <laughs> Roger Pena was really, really good on top. They called him RJ. Very good wrestler. Dylan Alton in the quarters. Okay, he yep. placed third, I think, this year. Yes, he got third that year. Sa- then he had Jason Welch, NCAA finalist. This would be the NCAA finals next year. He beats him five one. He outscrambled Jason Welch. Consistently. And Jason if you don't remember, Jason Welch was like Mr. Scramble. He was like that was like what he was known for. And so St. John routinely outscrambled him. And then you go through all that just to be staring across Kyle Douglas Dake. And that's just a that's just a hard day for basically anyone at the NCAA tournament. And he loses four one, a respectable
2: result, and that was it. That was it. How about yeah.
0: James Green, James Fleming, second round? That yes. Was, it was an
2: overtime match,
0: and
1: then a Welch-Green quarter. Right. that was That's a lot. Yeah, and Welch pulled the upset there over Green. Green earned the uh,
2: – or was it an upset? No, it I guess it wasn't upset. an upset.
1: I guess it seems like an upset now.
2: <clears throat> yeah. The other one that's crazy, and I, I remember this happening, but David Bonin pitting – Walter Peppelman from Harvard, you know, Peppelman had such a good year, and people kind of forget him because he never materialized into too much, but he was really good that year, and then he got decked first round. And I think he loses pretty early in the Wrestlebacks also, if I remember right. I don't, yeah, I don't think he battled oh, back. no, I, I lied, he took eighth place. Oh, look at him,
1: beat Frank Hickman in round 12. See, memories suck, especially mine. James Fleming, we talked about him uh He's a guy that just literally built an entire wrestling game around just scrambling and getting <laughs> on top and sort of choking people out, but kind of it was illegal. And uh, now there's a rule that prohib- t- prohibits the use of that move that he called the snapper. Snapper. <laughs> okay, then we've got, man, the most dominant NCAA tournament since... Yeah.
2: I don't know when. I think this is the most, might be the most dominant ever. David Taylor...
1: I think his middle name's Morris goes pin 140, pin 152, pin in 30 seconds over Robert Kokesh, pin in 444 over Beck Zod the Conqueror, then 22 to 7 in the NC2A wrestling finals. Just disrespected Seriously. the entire bracket. And I remember after this, I was like, at this at this point in time, I am like Taylor over everyone, is my mindset. I'm like Taylor's better than Dake. Taylor, I literally thought I was like David Taylor. He's gonna be a factor at the senior level. Like he could make a run in 2012. Like I think he's a guy that can like actually push Jordan Burroughs. I thought that at this moment. Now I did that wound up not being the case. But I remember watching this tournament. I was like he's gonna he's gonna push Burroughs to to make the team. He is just yeah. on another. He is a prodigy level. He is so freakishly good. I I thought he was there, and then. I lost uh, a lot of arguments when he lost to Dake in that epic Olympic trials. I don't even think it was a semi. It may have been a quarter. Yeah, They hit pretty early on, and Dake pinned him.
2: Yeah, that, that was, was so – g- Oh, yeah, you may be right. That was so crazy because it was such a bloodbath. It wasn't even slightly competitive. No. That was wild. Yeah, I just – I didn't expect that. I don't know where, where your head
1: was at in the whole – David Taylor, where he fits into the wrestling hierarchy. Yeah. Um, But that's where
2: I was. Where were you? Do you know? Yeah, I remember. I thought it was going to be really competitive. I thought David could possibly beat him. And then Dake just beat him down. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, what in the heck just happened? Yes. I was was Team Dake.
1: Yeah, you were Team Dake. You were a big Team Dake guy. Probably if we knew each other, you'd be making fun of me. (laughs) Um, But Taylor, I mean, this is the story for that bracket, just – an all-time dominant run that I don't know if we'll see. I don't know if we get. I think Spencer is the guy that could have had a, a run like this, but he doesn't pin like this. He doesn't pin four out of five matches, right? He might. Uh,
2: uh, maybe could, he might.
1: Well, he would tech fall him. He would well, tech fall That's what I'm pin. saying. Which, yeah. you know, you could argue that's, that's more impressive, but it does not earn as many points in uh, NCAA wrestling.
0: Mike Evans DMP'd out of the five. He was too big. This was the year he was cutting so much weight.
1: The man, this man, uh, you know, he he had a solid season. He was the five. Mm-hmm. This was his. Made the Big Ten Finals. Was this his freshman year?
0: Yeah, because he All-Americaned every other year after.
1: Yes, Mark of the Beast, six yeah, six yeah. six, 6 uh aligned with the Dark Lord in that one. But he did good. <laughs> um, for Iowa after this. He was just he was a little too big. Remember, Mike Evans was like at eighty nine two fifteen for Blair Academy.
2: That is and, crazy.
1: And then now he was always small. I I may be misremembering. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he not wrestle and beat Andrew Campolitano at some point in his I I, I think you're right. I think, I think he yeah. beat Camp, which Andrew Campbellton, I'm kind of really loving this memory road. Andrew Campbellton, that was another guy I was like, this is the next. He's going to Ohio State. He's going to be a multiple national champion. He was just um, schooling guys. Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, he beat him. He beat Andrew Campbellton. I think he bumped up to 215 to do it too. Andrew Campbellton was a four-time state champion from New Jersey. Just super talented. Looks looked like he had all the tools, but ultimately I think what – what stops a lot of guys is the the decisions they make and how important wrestling is to them, and um, yes. that's what that's where it went wrong for Camp, who was who could have been something, he could
2: have been special. I maintain that. Dude, um, I'm I'm looking at this 2012 Olympic Trials bracket. Uh, I forgot how bad David Taylor got beat by Andrew Howe Also, that was kind of shocking. Yeah,
1: I, I guess what uh, you know How made the finals that year. losing to burrows i guess the the positional defensive masters like dake and um how they kept him off his offense and then they were able to attack and score on him
2: yeah and the other crazy thing then christian is to think is andrew howe was collegiate eligible this year and he olympic redshirted and then the next year he goes up to 174 and loses to chris perry so He could have been in David Taylor's bracket this year. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Real.
1: Okie doke.
0: Also, just real quick Jordan Oliver just tweeted Nomad back and said he didn't give up a takedown his sophomore senior year of college.
1: Oh, my (laughs) God. Two years without giving up a takedown. (laughs) That's pretty good. Did you ever. Did you you get taken down every year, Ben?
2: uh, Probably. Probably. I didn't really really think about that. I was just trying to pin people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,. But wait, so how did he lose to Tony Ramos then? I'm blanking on that. His sophomore year. Oh, sophomore. Oh, duh, duh, So he duh, said duh. sophomore, okay. senior. Right, right, right. His sophomore year, he it's was his junior. His junior
1: year. I'm saying his junior year is when he lost uh, to Tony. I thought you were saying, okay, I got you. Yeah, <clears throat> so he had two losses that year. Okie doke. That was 65, and then this was 74, and it was Ed Ruth. Oh, my gosh. Ed Ruth goes, <laughs> he, he goes, first period pin, 1st P-Pin over Dorian Henderson. Shout out, oh, Dorian yeah. Henderson. 11-4 over Nick Heflin, who would be an NCAA finalist. This was really good. This is when he hit that crazy single misdirection single leg that uh, that everyone was. Then he tech falled Logan Storley, who made the Oh, semis, my gosh. In the NCAA Four-time semi- All-American, Four-time All-American, total beast. And I don't – I think he re- – I think he had beaten him pretty soundly before. Ed Ruth was utterly dominant. Then 13-2 over Nick He was rolling through on cradles the wrong way. It didn't even matter. He, uh, he,
2: or was yeah. it the right way? Well,
1: just like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it was the right way. But it like looked like the way. is like, really, should he go that way? And then he just did because it was Ed Ruth. Um, what did you think about his cradling style? I mean, th- this guy would just, he would lock up the crossface on basically yeah. everyone and could just roll him over, take it yeah. over. He's a great cradler. I'm one of the best ever.
2: Absolutely. What, what do you think
1: what separated him as a as a top wrestler and a cradler? Like how was he uh, able to like get the get the crossface in the bundle so consistently
2: on guys? He had, he had big hands, but I so I worked out with I worked out at one time and I remember two things. He had this weird feel on his feet where it wasn't even like a fake like he would it, it was like a uh off speed pitch. So it was like he'd fake and they would move and then he would attack. And I'd never, ever felt it against anyone else that I've ever worked out with the wrestled with. It was really strange. And then the number two thing I felt, and we were just sparring is that it's probably how people feel against me. And it's super annoying, but he was like a gyroscope. So you would try to move him and where normally he, you, you would flip someone or you get him off balance. He would just stay like floating over you. And mm-hmm. it was super, super annoying. Like you couldn't get him off balance. All right. I'm going to ask it.
1: They said what? I wouldn't ask. 2012, Ed Ruth versus <laughs> Hodge Trophy winner Ben Askren. What the heck happened? Go seven? You can go? I, I mean, mean you, you
2: won it twice, so you know you can yeah. pick your year. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, I think I win, but it's it's a freaking awesome match because yeah, Ed was just uh, really just so good. I think this year I could beat him, but then you know the the more interesting one would be the next year. I I feel like 2000 what's the next year 13 he was better at 184 um but yeah ed Ed was so incredibly good um and that would be an awesome match i feel like I, i cradle him at some point really you catch him in an exchange i feel i feel like i i hate saying like i i always have this thing like i hate feeling like talking about something's gonna happen that could never happen or you know like and obviously, it's never happened. So I hate putting myself over on somebody. So I don't. I don't really even want to talk about it, Christian. Oh my gosh! Come on, Ben. You think Ed's well, gonna Well, I get don't. Mad? I don't want to listen. I don't want to talk about it unless I can back it up. And I can It's impossible to back up. Right. I'm old. I fucking need a new hip. Ed doesn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's small now. Yeah, he is. I I saw him in North Carolina last month or January. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Okay. I think that would have been an all-time. I think that's the yeah. That'd be. That'd be an incredible one. Okay, 184. I'm still uh, salty about this one. I thought they messed up some of the calls here. Quentin Wright. I was a huge Quentin Wright fan, as you guys <laughs> have heard, if you've been listening to this show the last couple weeks. Quentin's one of my all-time favorites. And I don't even remember the call. I just remember thinking he should have beaten Steve Bozak. You were just mad? I was just mad that because <laughs> I mad. thought he was better. He had beaten Bozak like, soundly before. I thought he was the better guy in this match, but you know what? That doesn't always matter. And freaking Steve Bozak... Got it done out of the four seed for Cornell. They won three this um, this year at NCAA's him, and we'll get to the other guy other than Dake. Bozak was a, if he if he was very much a, a controlled wrestler. He was really tough on top. He was hard to score, and he was good in scrambles. He was kind of a box of a guy, and um, you know he put it all together here. And we're uh, I bet there were not many people picking him to win this weight, and you know Quentin Wright. As you see here, he was the sixth seed. He, he was one of those um, guys that you may refer to as a lights-on guy for sure, as he sh- always showed up in <laughs> NCAAs. Sure. And uh, out of the six, he makes the finals. He went through um, climber, who was good. Climber would go – Climber of Hostra actually beat Steve Bozak, I don't think, this year. But at some point, Ben Clymer beat Steve Bozak. It might have been the next year, actually. Then he beat Ben Bennett by fall. Then he beat Robert Hamlin, who would be an NCAA finalist the next year. And then uh, – or and was the year before. And then he yeah. fell to Bozak. Bozak, yeah. I think, always beat Kevin Steinhouse, which I always thought was weird. But I'm pretty sure Bozak, like, they wrestled a bunch. And if I remember correctly, for every reason, he just, like, had his number. This was the year, oh my gosh, this was the year Austin Trotman was unbelievable. I thought Austin Trotman, Austin Trotman kind of should have beaten Steve Bozak here in this semi. This was a, a wild semi where I thought like he was so close on several takedowns. He was just like blast doubling through guys. He just looked amazing, and he failed to Bozak in overtime. It was, a, it was a great match. Austin Trotman was, like, legitimately could have won the title that weekend. He was wrestling that well out of the nine seed.
2: Yeah, I, I don't remember that, that Joe Blanc- LeBlanc match either, but Trotman, Trotman really came on his senior year because I don't believe he All-American prior to this. No, he did not. He did not. And I remember. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think I thought of him as like he was kind of down here and then when he took that step up and then obviously he wrestled at the senior level and had some success mm-hmm. after this, but I did not see it coming at all. He he
1: just had an – in this in against LeBlanc, he like double-egged him a bunch. But I remember so vividly um, – I think they were at Rutgers. It was Roper and Fretwell were doing like a live – it was on Flow, like a live NCA preseason show or something. And they were answering a bunch of questions or whatever. And Lee said uh, – and Lee Roper, he went to App State. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, OK, he's being a homer. He's like, if Austin Trotman doesn't place this year, I will eat my hat. And there was like a ch- – at, at this time on Flow, <laughs> Flo, there was a chat. And I remember I got in there and I just typed, you are going to eat your hat. Because, like, I knew all the results and everything. I was like, Trotman is not placing. I was like, <laughs> like, like all these years. I was like, he's his fourth year in college. He's, there's no evidence he's going to place. And um, Roper, probably I don't even know if he even saw that comment. We didn't even know each other at that time. I was just like a a, a dork just watching everything. Um, but you Lee, should have V-A to eat a hat. B A is for lovers. I think I have to eat a hat now, Lee. Lee, you probably never knew. That. I don't know if I ever even told you that, Lee. But nah, I know you're listening, probably because yeah, you know, you're in that quarantine life too. So yeah, that happened. Uh, maybe I have to eat a hat. Good job, Lee Roper.
0: Uh, Grant Gambrill, Ryan Loder, first round.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Loder, the, Loder, one. Was this the Was this the concussion year for I think... Gambrel? Gamble had uh, concussion problems one of his years and ended up, I think it was this year, he was he wore that headgear. Mm-hmm. He didn't have, like, the LDR headgear. He had, like, regular the Cliff Keen headgear with just, like, this pad in the front of it. Um, yeah. So that was too bad. So that was that. And Trotman got third this year, Beat beat Robert Hamlin. So many hats have to be consumed out of this one. He was <laughs> out of control. Then we get to another... Um, another big one. Another Cornell, Cam Simas. He was a wild card. He had he had Morgan McIntosh in the second round, and he technical followed him <laughs> twenty two seven. That, yeah,
2: that is crazy to think about when, how good Morgan was, both in high school and then later on. Yes, Ms. Wild. Can you? And he was really good defensively too. Oh my goodness! You see Morgan McIntosh wrestles in the wrestlebacks right away. Uh, he hit camp at some point. Who? Yeah, Camp latano, It's His first match in the WrestleMania. And this was the message board debate back then. It was
1: because McIntosh and Camp latano were both never these met. uber recruit upperweights. They never hit. McIntosh was in uh, out of California, Calvary Chapel, mm-hmm. Bound Brook, New Jersey. For Camp latano they never like hit. There wasn't like it's not like there was a who's number one at this point, and so they never wrestled each other.
2: Yeah. And
1: it was just a huge debate, and I was. Team camp all the way, and uh, was well. I felt right here, but ultimately Macintosh will go on to have a great career, become an NCAA finalist, wins o- win over Jaden Cox, a win over Kyle Snyder.
2: Yep. Wow, that really I happened. forget that he
1: beat Kyle Snyder.
2: Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Huh.
1: Like I said it, and I knew it was true, and then I like immediately had like, wait, that didn't happen. But <laughs> did it actually happened. Holy cow, Morgan McIntosh was so good.
2: But Campotano Campbell-
1: hey, hit in the second round wrestlebacks. I
2: don't know to be mean or anything, but this year's NCAs is kind of boring.
1: A little boring. I mean, we have to talk a lot uh, a little about other things. but I like the for me, I'm having a lot of fun going on the diversions we we wind up on. Cale <laughs> Byers was really good. He transferred from George Mason. He got in trouble there, went to Oklahoma State. He really pushed Simaz in this match. I know 6-3, I had a rooting interest in this match for fantasy purposes, so I had a special eye on it. And he really – it was like one of Simez's more competitive matches he had this year. So you can see he kind of ran through this term. And then Chris Honeycutt was just like double-legging guys and picking them up. He was just like – I loved incred- Honeycutt. <laughs> he was wild, man. Chris Honeycutt, he went
0: up
2: from – He was another dude that was good with cradles. Was he? A- he ended up fighting at 170, which is crazy because this is 197. And he was he was
1: so big at 197, he was like jacked. Uh, this was a really good NCAA final. Honeycutt and Simas, um, good for Cam Simas getting it done here. And then heavyweight uh, Nelson takes out defending champion Zach Ray four to one with some. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was when he really flexed his defense. He hit like a – I think he hit a spin around. Ray was in on a single, hit a spin around for two.
2: Um, not a go behind. You know what I'm talking about, Ben. What do yep. you call that? I, I, we co- we actually call it the Hamlin. The Hamlin. Okay. Because he's so good at it. We're man. talking about when they're, the, when they're lower on the ankle on a single leg and you spin? Yep. Yeah. Then we, call we, it uh, the Hamlin. we showed oh, man, the Boz Rang clip. Baj rang's really good Baj Rang is so good at it. Holy crap. Because huh? usually it's bigger guys because they can generate a little more force and it's hard to hold on to. I don't know how Bajrang's so good at it. He's like a ninja. Yes, the ninja Bajrang, the ninja
1: Tony Nelson, two ninjas, <laughs> various <laughs> sizes. Uh, Ryan Flores
2: lost to Zach Ray in the semis. He was the one seed here. Um, this Wasn't was that the match where he was like concussed, and I couldn't believe how they were letting it continue? That was the NCAA
1: finals in 2011.
2: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: Flores was kind of visibly like really woozy. Everyone yeah. was kind of like, "What? What do we do here?" It was. Yeah, it was sort of
2: strange. That was very strange. This was a really good crop of heavyweights. Oh,
1: my gosh. McMullen was
2: the 10 here. Comes all the way back to the 3. Wrestles gets third. He never finished lower than third place at the NCAA wrestling tournament. Wow, I didn't realize that McMullen beat Gwiz in the Wrestlebacks here. I don't think I did either. Wow. it's a good win for McMullen. Yeah, pretty solid. And Gwiz would transfer after this year. Yep. Right. And then red and then red shirt and oh, then this was, He was title. a true freshman this yeah. Year. This was true freshman
1: yeah. Nick was Dallas. So I, I, I actually
0: talked to CP about this because my boy Jeremy Johnson was seventh place, and he kinda handled Gwiz eleven five. And then I remember the next year at Scuffle they hit and Gwiz kinda beat him by about the same score as this and it was like, dang, this kid jumped levels.
2: Yeah. Gwiz
1: Gwiz was um during the Binghamton years. He was, he, was re- he relied a lot on his like scrambling, like just being more athletic. But he was so much smaller, right? He was like a, yes. I think he might have been a 215 his senior he, year. He definitely was. And then he put on, once he got the size up, he was just a, a different beast altogether. Because he was really good. And you could see when you watch him at Binghamton, you're like, this guy's got so many tools and uh, a winning quality about him. You think he's going to be good. And then that year, when he transferred to NC State and he he got bigger and then he comes out the next year he's an NCAA champion. I remember that birthed one of the biggest arguments I ever had with anyone at Flow. Uh oh, coming in maybe we we'll, maybe we'll get into that when we get into the 2013. Well, well season. I want to hear what the argument was. Okay, so we were doing some sort of a a countdown thing or like we were listing. I I just was so I was so fired up all the time. I must have been really hard to work with. But but Nick veliket <laughs> you know Nick Velicat, he's yes. not much better. We were kind of, we were kind of like
2: yeah, a terrible
1: pairing at that point in time until we learned how to work with each other better. but anyways, we got in this huge argument about Nick Sulzer and Nick Wadski cuz I was like I was like Nick Sulzer is not a, a we were, like, coming up with, like, a list of title contenders or guys to promote. I was like, Nick Wizdowski could be an NCAA champion this year. And me and Nick V had this huge argument about Nick Salzer versus uh, Nick Wizdowski. And I was like, put – because he had beaten – remember this summer in freestyle, headed into that season, he had, like, beaten Tony Nelson in freestyle and beaten all these guys. I'm like, this is a dude that could legitimately, like, win uh, NCAAs. And it was a huge blow, knockdown drag out because I was, like, Team quiz all the way. Because I thought wow. he – I really did believe it. I was, like, drinking all the all the Wiz Kool-Aid at that time. And then we go to Vegas where Adam Kuhn beats Quiz. Oh, I remember that. And I think Solzer went on to win, and, and Nick V, you know, he had a little party on me. But then uh, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, I was on the right track there with – Vindicated. Vindicated. Uh, yeah, I remember that.
0: Also, I didn't
1: just notice Quiz and Nelson was first round oh my gosh eight wow, zero for Nelson that. <clears throat> man that's a serious development in two years you yeah, get lose lose to someone eight zero and then in two Did years you, you beat them levels quick you beat him in the NCA finals dang quiz quiz was a special one man he was. You know, he so, sort of some of his career overlapped with some really—I mean, so many other transcendent, dominant guys. But he was just such a great heavyweight. And then, of course, he loses to Kyle Snyder his senior year. But the Quiz was was crazy good, really good in all positions too. Okay, we did 2012 NCAAs. We got to get some of these questions quick.
0: We got six minutes. We're, six just minutes. Just under. <laughs> okay.
1: Also all dumb. <laughs> no, they're not. All right, Brooks Whelan. <laughs> Who Brooks Whelan, I I didn't. He's like he was on SNL. He's like a legit. Yeah, that's what Bray be, told me. Bray's like, hey, this guy's tweeting at you. He bustles to FRL or something, and I follow him. But anyways, he said, could Joe Exotic have AA'd at eighty four with Zahid out of the picture, much like Carol Baskin's husband? Boom. Yes, he could have. I listen. I think Joe Exotic had uh, under underrated uh, resume, and I think he could have he could have made it happen. And I the aforementioned Jordan Tome. Got into questions here. Question with friends: Who wore it better, Sammy Brooks or Joe Exotic? And we all know what we're talking oh. about. We're talking about the mullet. Yep. Joe Exotic. Listen, Sammy Brooks. I, I don't want to say you went halfway on it, but compared to Joe Exotic, you did. Well,
0: he. Just, yeah, Joe Exotic has years on him. He's got years. There's a and lot. And he dyes oh, it. He di- You
1: got to dye it. He dyes it. <laughs> when you dye it blonde, that you just take wow. it to a, a level most people aren't
2: ready for. Right. Most you guys, people. You aren't. guys are. You guys are taking Joe Exag to a level that I don't know. Be <laughs> ben, you have to watch ben, it. you
1: gotta watch. A lady got her arm bit off by a tiger, and he throws on an EMT jacket and runs straight in the gift shop. He's like, "Before y'all find out in the media, I just want to let you know, uh, one of our workers got her arm bit off by a tiger." <laughs> He's, He's like, like I so can
0: I can give you your money back. Do a rain check, maybe another
1: day. <laughs> and the people are just staring at him, like, what, what the you, heck is this method talking about? Woman <laughs> <laughs> oh got her arm bit off by a tiger, and then the lady was back to work oh. in five days. Five days. Some people they complain Stop. about their Stop. job. She got her arm bit off by a tiger. She just got the elbow nub, and she was back the five doctor. Days the after doctor amputation. came to her
0: and said. Well, listen, we can do all these uh-huh. reconstructive surgeries uh-huh. on it for to Jesus. fix your hand. It's going to take years. Or we're going to amputate it. She said cut it off.
1: Cut it off. I, got it. <laughs> I, I swear, dude. Safi? Safi? Saf. Saf. I think just she, Saf. She's a ride or die. That's uh, the kind of person they, you need on your team. <laughs> did, did, did they kill the tiger for eating their arm? I don't know. They didn't say that. He's got a lot of tigers, though. Honestly, it's kind of a boys will be boys, tigers will be tigers Where is
2: Joe Exotic located? He's in Winwood Oka-
1: Oklahoma. Well, he's currently okay. in
2: jail. But... Okay, technically. <laughs> <laughs> but he was in Winniewood, Oklahoma. We know where his heart is. <laughs> oh, God. I went to a tiger farm in uh, Jacksonville, Florida one time with my, like I think Alex was like three years old, maybe. And it was kind of like, okay, this is really awesome, but how is this legal? <laughs>
0: There's a lot of, there's more of them than you realize in the United States, I learned with this documentary. Yeah,
1: there's more tigers (laughs) in captivity. Rogan has talked about this a couple times on his podcast. I don't know how it comes up organically, but he's like, there are more wild, (laughs) there are more tigers in captivity than there are in America. In the U.S.? Yeah. Than there are in the world. Like, they're all here. What? Yes. There's some crazy statistic. Wow. Uh, Okay, a wrestling question. Does Suriano go up? Go 25, 33, or 41. If 133, does Alvarez move up or down? I see, which, knock on wood, Soriano returns to college wrestling. I don't think that is a guarantee. I think there's a distinct possibility Nicky has wrestled his last college match. I hope that is not true. I think Nick goes 33 again, and remember, Alvarez can redshirt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or they could redshirt Aragona, Bump Alvarez. I think Alvarez has the frame to go forty one. Absolutely.
0: He's yeah, he's long.
1: Long, lean. I think he could definitely go up. I think uh Rutgers is in a good position to um do that. And also remember this Nick has another red shirt if he wanted it. This was an Olympic year. He has his regular red shirt still too.
2: Oh my goodness. Please don't do that.
1: (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm just saying.
0: I don't want him to do it just because I want him to be in college wrestling ASAP yeah. as possible.
1: Same here. I want I want that as well. Uh, Th- Thomas Vivian, how good would John Smith be under current freestyle rules? He would be outstanding. Amazing. I mean, as as long as leg attacks are helpful and being having a like legendary leg lace still good in wrestling, I think he'd be amazing.
2: Oh, hey guys! I did my—I meant to tell you—I hate like just going way off subject, but hell, we're on questions for friends. Uh, I did my research after we talked about it, and the only other twenty-five pounder in from 1970 on that I think could go with those guys is uh, one Tom Brands. Yes, because he was—I guess the weight was
1: twenty-six at that point. Twenty-six. Yeah, yeah, Tom. So yeah, Tom Brands, Spencer Lee. Let's ask Tom and uh, Spencer. You know how would how would it <laughs> go, guys? Tom that Spencer. Was- Tom, Spencer, Robles, Abbas, Group of Four. That Round would... Robin,
2: Top, Bottom, Out. Oh, wow. Round Robin. <laughs> Let's get it. Okay, what's your top five
1: favorite flow films? I want some recommendations on Quarantine.
2: Can we have a whole list so I can like look through them so I just don't do what comes off the top of my head? Maybe we
1: could provide that the next time. Uh, off the top of my head, I... Ter-
2: Terry's iconic. Terry
1: I mean. is just, like, really great. I I really like the um, Cole. That's really good. I really like the one with uh, Carrie McCoy, the injustice one. Just like it's just a it's horrible what happened and how they they really hose Kerry McCoy. But it's just an interesting story and it's cool to hear the perspective of like Bender, Rich Bender and you know other people throughout that one. Um, just kind of reminds me of like you know
2: where where we were as a sport then. Uh, yeah. Well, that one makes me mad because people are still cheating people. Yeah.
0: So I feel like Terry and Carey Collat are the obvious ones. Uh some maybe under the radar ones. I really loved the Imar one, uh mm-hmm. to hell and back. Yep, that was good. Um and then I think the David Taylor one is really awesome too. Magic Man? Yeah. Why? Uh I David's just brutally honest about a lot of tough moments, you know, yeah. he talks about his redshirt year when he was not having a best the best season and then he talks about the Bubba Jay loss and then the Burroughs US Open loss and Dake too. You have the whole Kyle Dake dynamic in there too when he went up to 65. Um so I actually really enjoyed that one.
1: I love Daniel Dennis Wildman. Oh yeah. Dan, and that's like so I know Dan pretty well or well enough to be like that's what he's like. Like it, it, re- it really captures who he yeah. is, which I think is like what you would want to do. Obviously the funk is very good and, and certainly captures the essence of one Ben Askren. Uh, I
2: thought, I thought, it, you know, I, I got greatly benefited from the fact that Mark Bader was, I don't know if you'll call him the producer, but he just knew me so well. So he probably knew all, all the right things to ask. And we, you know, we did have to talk about it. It was just someone who's been my friend for, you know, 20 years almost.
1: Yes. Yes. That was a definite benefit. Keepers of the flame is really good too.
2: Oh, yeah. From where
1: Minnesota came from and uh, J Rob, and they have so many of the rest. J Rob's awesome. Yeah, J Rob's great. Um, It's a really good one. There's some Brock stuff in there. I really like that one. That's a three parter. Colat's a three parter. Gilman, Love Me or Hate Me, is really fun, too. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. We got 20 seconds. 20 seconds? Okay. Oh, I right. watch the watch the time that Cornell tricked Nishan Garrett into thinking someone gave a million dollars for worm research. That's a very funny one. Uh, just go to the film section and type worms, and it'll come up. So those are some of them. There's a, there's actually there's so many dang floovilles. There's more coming. Uh, lucky for you guys, mind of Mark Schultz. Very good, mind of Mark Schultz. <laughs> very very good. Uh, I in, in, I worry dangerous. about the mind of Mark Schultz. Um, but it was he was pretty lucid here, and uh, Trevel DeLagnev one of, one of my favorite guys in the sport So I guess we got to get up get up out of here. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We will return tomorrow, come heck or high water, maybe with legal papers in hand. Perhaps we can produce those on live uh, live radio. We'd like to do that. Thanks for listening. See you then. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Stephen, Kyle Bracky. Keep it right on here. We're rolling right into some other content. Um, I don't know what it is, but
0: it's good. Uh, I think we have a few <laughs> minute break until, but then Bader Show at the top of the hour
1: with Jordan Cutler, Nico Megaloudis, Jane Cox, Jacara Winchester. That's all you need to know. Thanks so much. See you next time. Peace.